Welcome to the Casual Fridays REI podcast, where you'll learn about the wildly profitable niche of land investing. Active land investors Adam Southey and Justin Sleva are here to share their experiences with you so that you can learn how to build massive cash flow and huge profits from this highly lucrative niche. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Adam Southey and Justin Sleva. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Adam Southey here with my co-host, Justin Sleva, and this is the Casual Fridays REI podcast. Today, we're talking about lifestyle inflation. Before we do that, though, let's talk about the Plum Investment Group. Guys, do you have a property you need funding for? Plum Investment Group is your solution. Plum helps land investors grow their business by funding your raw land purchase. It's truly an awesome deal, guys. And just to be clear, this isn't a loan. Plum will actually partner with you by putting up the money for your project. So do yourself a favor and go check out the website at PlumInvestmentGroup.com. Yo, happy Friday. Hey, happy Friday. It's been made to my attention that I forgot to uphold a piece of a bet I made a few weeks back over Thanksgiving week. Mr. Childs, you did make it one round farther than me at the Grands in the open class. We did not get to line up together, so that's yet to be determined who will be the winner. But you did make it one round farther, so there's your shout-out. I do appreciate you reminding me because I did forget. That sounded like a shout-out, but. It's, shout it's, out, like, but I'm, I, it's like saying, I'm sorry, but this was your fault. No, no, no. It wasn't his <laughs> fault. He, I forgot 100%, but we never lined up against each other. And I, I felt like that was more of the intent of the bet. Like who was gonna who was gonna get a little? Well, what was a full bet? It was just I'd send him a shout out, or he would do a sound bit of saying I'm his land god. If one person went further than the other, or we the, the the person beat the other person. Oh, but he went further, but we never lined up together because there was a ton of riders in that class. So I think there was like seventy something riders. What class is that? The the open. Senior. It was thirty one. <laughs> yeah, senior actually, citizen. it is. It's thirty one <laughs> and over mixed open. So he uh, he did well. Very proud of him. But we did not get to line up, so we'll be determined this year. But he's still a young buck, still an old guy. He will not be racing me most classes unless nobody shows up. If it's the same uh, class, well, I didn't line up because because there's so many people. You yeah, we just yeah, they, the most they're going to do is eight in a, in a rack, and we just never lined up in the same eight. But he did make it one round further, so I am not going to say or belittle his accomplishments because he did beat me in that fact. But he did not beat me straight up. <laughs> but 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 so remember that, Mister Childs. <laughs> but all right, well. Congrats to Mr. Childs. Yeah, good job, Chris. <laughs> so no, but not in all in all fairness, he did. A, he had a great showing at the Grands, and um, you know, good job. All right. Good job. Did that hurt? No, it didn't. I just <laughs> forgot because we we've been off on a recording days the last couple of weeks, and so I had it marked down. And then I was like, okay, I got to do that today. And you're like, hey, let's let's record the next day. And I was like, oh, okay. And then totally slipped my mind. Mm. So I, I yeah, had the Grands was Thanksgiving. It was. Well, it's yeah. a week from Christmas now. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't that far back. We ain't that far. Yeah, it is. <laughs> no, no, we're. I mean, we're we're eleven days from Christmas. That's not a week. <clears throat> Today. Today. We're, yeah. we're recording, but it comes out Friday, so you won't hear it till then. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. So, well, cool. Lifestyle inflation, though. Mm-hmm. Talking about racing, I mean, that's there's a lot of people that spend a ton of money on bikes and spend a ton of money on that, and as these guys start to get a little bit of success, we tell you turn your money three times before you do anything. But over and over again, we see people get hooked to that extra buck or two in their pocket, and their bills go up. It's a pretty common thing. I wouldn't say just land investors, just about everybody. Everybody, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why you got people making a million bucks a year who need a million dollars a year to continue their lifestyle. That's scary to me. That, yeah, that that scares me. Yeah, I, I think for me, I think one of the big, the good things about the railroad for me is when I became a trainman, you go into engine service and they pay you shit to become a trainee or fireman. And then you come out of engine service. And when I went into the FMT program, 
they paid you shit again. So like I kept taking pay cuts. So I balanced my budget off of my lower rate, the training rates, and just always kept putting extra back in the 401ks and saving and trying to get ready for whenever that big investment would come. I could be ready. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I and mean, that's important because best thing that ever happened to me was going broke. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because there was a time where it didn't matter how much money I made, I was spending it that month. Yeah, and that's I think a lot of people do that. And I, I know people that can't get into business and full-time into this because they have got so accustomed to that paycheck or the W-2 that even though they're doing really well in their land business, they can't cut that cord because they can't afford to. Mm-hmm. I actually saw on one of this real estate YouTuber <clears throat> uh, channels the other day, the guy was saying that on average he spends, but he's got like a family of four, him and his wife and two kids or something like that. Mm-hmm. They spend between thirty-five dollars and $40,000 every single month, and, which is a... A, I don't even know how you do that. Yeah. But B, he said, but that's only 10% of my income, and that's how you get rich is live off 10% of your income. I was like, well, that's all well and great for you. Yeah. Because you make, uh, at those numbers, three fifty four hundred thousand dollars $400,000 a month. It's real easy to live on 35000 but if yeah. you're bringing home $3,500, $5,000 a month, how, how do you, you live? live how do you live off five hundred to three fifty? Yeah. You can't. No. There's no way to. Mm-mm. Especially not just be- – because of lifestyle inflation, just because of world inflation. World you know? inflation, rent. I mean, what's the average rent across the, the U.S.? Probably 1500 bucks a month? I would probably guess more. Really? Okay. Yeah, because Fort Worth is 1500 for a one-bedroom, and we're True. super cheap. True. Man, that's scary to think about that. I, you know, so I've been talking to people that I consider mentors. He told me he lives off 25000 a month, but his house is paid off. They have no car debt, nothing. But his kid's private school is a big bill for them. And I live off six. And so he's like, well, how do you do that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't have private school at a quarter million dollars a year. <clears throat> I mean, that's big. Yeah. Yeah, 2000 a month per kid for private school is a lot of money. Yeah. And you can't make that. That's like a big hit, too. Like you get, Say you get them through eight years of that, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you can't afford it. Now you got to send them to public <laughs> school. And if you're not in a district that yeah. you like— they could go from like a super nice school, not that I he would ever run into this problem, but yeah, go from a super nice school to now all of a sudden, whatever. I don't, not him specifically, just anybody. Yeah. Right? Well, no, like we have neighborhoods that we both really like, but you have to send your kid to private school, like uh, La Cantera. Yeah. Beautiful neighborhood, but your kid's got to go to private school there. You're not going to put them in the public school in that area. Mm-hmm. Even though we were products of that public school. <laughs> well, I think about that too. Which I kind of feel like we're getting into, world, you know, other stuff. But the fact is, is like, um, people do come out of shitty schools and hmm. do successful, but that number is it's a little bit harder. Yeah. I think there's some, there's some pieces to that, you know, the connections and networking you make, but it also with the mindset and let's, and we can tie it back into this because a lot of that inf- and, and that lifestyle inflation is mindset. You know, you want to treat your family because maybe they haven't had some of the nicer things. You know, I, I don't know how many times I've seen a land investor hit it big on two or three deals. They go out and buy a new truck. They buy a new car. They're going on tons of trips and they think this is going to be the new norm, and then things get tough. They don't get the deals, and they start stressing. Then they make some bad deals, and it becomes cyclical, and they, they're they're back to square one. And it's all because they couldn't hold off. They couldn't stay disciplined enough to make it through. Yeah, yeah. If So I knew this real estate investor who told me all the time that <clears throat> his goal every month was to spend every dollar he made, and on average he made around 40000 wholesale homes okay. every month. And for me, I was like, man, that takes a lot of discipline to just put up with that pressure. I couldn't do it. To, to get up every day and know, okay, I made forty grand this month. I spent it all. Now I'm back to zero. I have zero in savings. 
I need to get up and go to work every day. That pressure and that discipline that it takes to keep that going is eventually got to fade. Dude, no you one burn, stays. You, you burn, burn out. <laughs> yeah. You have to burn out. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know anybody that could do that. And I, you know, I, I've seen clients where they've had, and it's not even, sometimes it's not even their fault. They just slowly creep up their lifestyle. Then something bad happens. They get sick, especially through Corona. We've had so many people that just really get hurt, get sick, and they're, they lose their job or whatever it may be that they, that everything just kind of changes real quick and they, they're, they're too high in the hog. They can't get out of it. And it's, it's sad to see it in there. You see the GoFundMe accounts come up and the, mm-hmm. the whatever else. And it's, it's sad to see that. But at the same time is there's a discipline to that. It's like the guy that goes to the gym every day. He has to stay disciplined when his diet and everything, you can, you can not show up and then you lose it all. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's been so important to me to build uh, cash flowing stuff. Yeah. Right. Because if you, Let's have these big months, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollar months, and then you spend all of that. Mm-hmm. Well, then you're back at ground zero. But if yep. you invest that stuff into things that make money every month, build businesses that make that kind of money every month, well, you can eventually start to live off that cash flow and take those bigger risks. And yeah, you can make fifty grand in one month and spend it all the next month, hopefully on an investment or something like that. But knowing that that's going to pay you out for years and years. Like I yeah. feel like at this point you and I could cut off all marketing expenses mm-hmm. and probably for at least five years, we could still do very well. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice to know. I don't even look at it like that. I'm back. <laughs> I'm fighting every day here. I'm trying to make sure my family can eat this. They don't have to eat ramen. Yeah. But if you I, do think about, think yeah. of all the ways we have cash flow coming in. Yeah. If you cut off the marketing to all that and just paid for operational expenses, which yep. would be extremely low. Yeah. You'd probably be able to survive nicely. Yeah. For five years minimum. Oh, I, I mean, I agree with that. I, and that's why I, one of the things for me is I raised my, how long I finance properties out to 12 years, keeping that interest going. Because now there's a point where, and I, and you, you, a lot of, a lot of investors are gonna be like, yeah, I know this point. And some other be like bullshit because they're not there, but there is a point where you have too much cash to place and, and off your direct mailers. Then you're looking for subdivides or you're putting them into passive income, like syndications and things like that. But there's ways you can tie up your money a little bit and take that profit over the next 12 years. And no, you don't have to chase that deal every month. I think I financed five deals last month. The average payment's $525 a month. So that added $2,500 a month to my payment. But they're 12-year notes. That, I mean, I'm good with that. That, mm-hmm. really, that really helps out over the long time. Mm-hmm. My kids are eight. That means they're going to be 20 when these things pay off. Yeah. And I think at that point, once you have enough cash flowing things that come in and cover all your bills, and let's say that's even higher than, okay, maybe right. at that point, it's okay to start taking in that lifestyle inflation. Yeah. You need a new car or you want a new truck, whatever. You got the money. It's coming in every month, whether you're working or not. Yeah. Who could go buy it. Yep. Um, but until you get to that point, if you, if you have to go, I have to make $20,000 flipping land this month. Yeah. Or I'm not going to survive. That's a bad feeling. That's a tough, that's a tough spot to be in. And I think it's a discipline piece that so many people fail to just actually embrace. They, they, they fail to actually take the time and say, Hey, you know what? I need to live a little bit, cheaply or cheaperly i guess just cheaperly even a word it doesn't sound like a word okay but live a little less extravagant and and hold on a little bit tighter until you have this just i call it a nut just sitting there just producing money for you and and you're not like having to battle for that oh god i gotta get that twenty thousand. if i don't sell this deal rent's gonna be late or if i don't if i don't sell this i'm gonna it's gonna it's really gonna be bad mm-hmm. you probably shouldn't even be on your own as a land investor or real estate investor in general if that's the if that's where you're at. Yeah. I mean, there. let's be real honest. The real estate investing does not take 40, 50 hours a week. No. 
So if if you are struggling to pay your bills or if you're struggling with the idea that I have to sell this mm-hmm. to make, then you should probably just go get a job. Hell, I read an article the other day, a woman making $104,000 a year delivering groceries for Walmart. <laughs> That's awesome. I know any all of you got a car that if, if you're you're listening or whatever, yeah. you can go deliver groceries for Walmart if you're that worried about paying Make it, bills. Yeah, and I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, but it is so bad as men, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call out every man here. Our ego gets in the way that oh, I'm too good for that. I got to go do this. You're not winning anything if you're not taking care of your family. Yeah, well, you're too good at first because I've been there. Yeah. I've 100% been there when the real estate market crashed on me the first time, and I was used to wearing suits and eating out every day and being fancy. Mm-hmm. And I was not, I was living in uptown. I wasn't gonna let my pride go valet card because people I've been hanging out with are going to deliver their car to me to drive. Yeah. You know, it took me months to get, to get over that. I'm talking like close, close to a year to get over that before I'm like, okay, I gotta go valet cars. But then, then you realize you get there. No one cares. Yeah. And if they do care, they weren't your friend to begin with. Yeah. Because what's most important is that you can continue to do what you want to do, pay your bills, take care of your family, run your business, all mm-hmm. that. I, yeah, I, it's, it's amazing to me that how much people, that how many people refuse to take on that, that mindset though. I mean, I, I do get it. Yeah. But if you're looking at your kids yeah, and they're wanting to eat yeah, and you're saying, <laughs> I can't eat until this land sells. I, and I know families like that, that the husband refuses to work because I'm going to make this work and they can't pay their grocery bill. Like tells his wife, you can't go get groceries this week. So they book a trip out of town so they can send the kids to a grandparent's. So the grandparents feed the kids over the weekend. And that's a tough way to live, but that is that is purely on you as a person because there is opportunity out there. There is this. And it it reminds me of somebody I saw the other day. He he's in some of the forums complaining about, oh, my land business didn't work. I can't do this. And he just he's real negative throughout all these forums. But then he's in his responses, he's telling you he's drunk and it's out late. And you're like, dude. <laughs> Okay, I, I'll go have a good time. Everybody knows I'll go to the winery and have a drink. If you've been to a live event, I'll have a drink with you. But I'm not going to let a drink or a vice keep me from growing my business or affecting what my family gets to eat or not eat. Well, I would and agree. that's and that's 100 on you. That's a 100 choice on you. Yeah, as this whole thing is, it's part of being your own boss. Every decision is your decision. Yep, you got to own it. Yeah, and if you don't own it, and you're looking for other people to blame, then you've lost. Just get out of it. Just yeah. go be depressed somewhere else. Yeah, and that's why I think one of the biggest things you can like teach, not just kids, but mm-hmm. people in general, if they're if they're willing to accept it or listen to it, is like every decision you make is mm-hmm. on you. One hundred percent. If you can't accept the decisions you made, like if you're trying to put blame on someone else, mm-hmm. then you're already failing because then at the end, it all comes back to you, and you got to be able to own that. Yeah, yeah. So I think in in throughout this whole thing we've we, it kind of went bounced around but it's your decision whether you're going to go spend more money every month it's your decision whether you're going to put in the extra effort to go make a little extra money and save it and reinvest it and save some more and reinvest it and keep that cyclical positive versus uh, that cycle going positive versus slowly bleeding to death or drowning or sinking the ship mm-hmm. i would agree cool all right good yeah I'm, I'm perfectly fine after that one i i felt like it needed to be said okay. especially at christmas when people were out there christmas shopping and they go into debt for this. I think it's really important. Maybe show some restraint. Talk to your kids. Like, hey, you, we don't need to get you a thousand, two thousand dollars worth of gifts. You know, I grew up. My parents did a hundred dollars per kid. That worked for us. We knew what our limit was. All right. Well, there it is, guys. 
feel like my microphone just went out. So good thing we're going to end it. Um, that is it for today. As always, do us a favor. Go to Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Give us a like, a follow, subscribe. And then go to iTunes. Go to Stitcher. Go to wherever else you're listening to us. Like, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Appreciate it. We love you. See you next Friday. See you guys. That was it.